This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Are you ready to get tougher? Let's get started. Sir, I will live with perseverance in the spirit of Taekwondo. Courtesy for fellow students. Integrity within myself. And to become a black belt leader. Welcome to the ATA Nation Podcast. Color belts, black belts, instructors, students, masters, grandmasters of ATA Nation. Welcome back to the ATA Nation Podcast. This is episode number 60. How exciting is that? My name is Senior Master Zach Hayden, and I am your host for the podcast. We are thrilled to have you back with us today for another awesome episode. We have a very cool interview with the one and only Mr. Van Eck. Um, I, I had to just get him on the show. I, I'd heard this story before, and I needed to get it uh, out to you guys because it's so great. Um, let's uh, let no more from me about it. Let's just listen right in to uh, this interview with Mr. Van Eck. Special guest interview. ATA Nation, we have with us today the one, the only, Mr. Van Eck. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great, Master Hayden. How about yourself? I am wonderful. It is uh, great to hear from you. Um, I have known you for a very long time. You uh, started back in the great Region 102 East. Um, That's right. Before you you flew south and uh, decided to uh, hang out at uh, Karate Atlanta and all the great people down there. Um yeah, yeah. It was it was you nice know, to have you up here. Yeah, I I I miss uh, the Midwest a lot, um, but it's not really my fault because I only came because you know Master Burns left. Yes, he flew the he flew the nest first. And he he set the the path for me to to follow him. He so. did. You know, there's a you know there's a lot of uh, great talent that has come from ATA uh, Region 102 East. Uh, and has gone elsewhere into, uh, you know, I think uh, you've got um, Miss Mitchell, who is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, killing it with victory. Um, you know, you down there, Master Burns down there. Uh, you know, there's just all over the place. It's got some, uh, you know, we, we did a pretty decent job up here uh, uh, yeah. with some people. So um, most people who have heard of the the famous uh, Mr. Vanek have uh, seen your <laughs> amazing um, extreme martial arts skills. Uh, that's one of the things that you are known for. Um, what what kind of got you excited about extreme martial arts? What what is the thing that was like? Hey, that's cool. Um, that's a good question. Was it think... was it Master Burns? Is Senior Master Burns' dance moves? Was that what it was? <laughs> it was definitely not his dance. Moves. <laughs> However, he's got he's got good dance moves. He mixes it mixes it up pretty well. As he a, does multi-genre artist <laughs> yes sir but um oh, man that's really kind of t- i think for for me it was i always growing up i w- always was like kind of the daredevil uh, daredevil child mm. and always kind of wanted to 
be able to do things that other people couldn't do. Or I, I sought after that kind of like, kind of like thrill seeking, which is funny to me because I'm like definitely afraid of heights. <laughs> um, but it was kind of like a thrill seeking thing of, I enjoyed the athleticism side to it. And then it was kind of before I was able to kind of dabble into uh, performing arts or, or music or other things. It was kind of like my first kind of introductory to performing uh, to a degree. And I really enjoyed the energy and the outlet to kind of perform in a different like medium mm. that a lot of people don't get to experience unless they've done some form of martial arts or even like gymnastics to a degree. Um, and I think that energy kind of drew in really I love doing mixing the the martial arts the kicking and everything with the little bit of a gymnastics background I had at the time uh, mixing those two things together what I found out what martial arts tricking was was probably the 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 hook line and sinker for me and I was like this is a lot of fun I get to combine two sports that I really love and uh everyone loves watching it so yes sir. I think that was the biggest thing for me uh well, then you you were probably one of those kids that the first thing you asked somebody when they did martial arts was, can you do a flip? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how that ever <laughs> kind of got connected. I would love to go back and know, know who started the like the martial artist just like flip. Maybe it was like the old 80s Mortal Kombat, horribly choreographed Mortal Kombat movie or something. Yeah, it's got to be random something. There. Yeah, it's got to be something. <laughs> it, it was it was post you know, it it wasn't obviously Bruce Lee and, you know, Chuck Norris. It wasn't those guys. Um, no. You know, it was past that. It was the the Ninja Turtles and the Mortal Kombat. It's got to be something in there that caused yeah. people to start going, hey, can you do a black flip? I'm like, I, I personally can't. I know you could be like, yes, I can. But uh, we're going to have to ask uh, Master Chat, Master Chat and Ernie Reyes Jr. Yes. Now that they're in the family. <laughs> yes, yes. Ernie Reyes Jr. probably, he he, uh, he probably um, is one of the first that, you know, had people um, making sure they ask that because he's such a, a star. <laughs> That's true. Um, That's true. And his dad's demo team, you know, that was probably one of the, the things. Um, oh, yeah. So I, one of the reasons I wanted to interview you, one, you're just a great guy, but uh, two was I had you up to our school a couple of years ago and you told this story about becoming a world champ um, and it, about the, the number of times that you had to go and, and compete and whatnot. And I just thought it was, I, I still use this example today when I'm talking to students because, um, oh, wow. okay. you know, we, we have so many people who, you know, their goal is, is district champ or state champ or whatever. And, uh, you know, they don't get it, you know, the first time or the second time, right. you know, and it's just like, oh, I can't do it. It's it's too hard or whatnot. And I, I still bring up your story. Um, so could could you tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming a world champ? Yeah, I, I won't I won't get too long winded into it and do, do the whole uh, story. But like a lot of uh, kids that got so interested in martial arts, you know, I, I growing up, I wanted to be a Ninja Turtle and uh my mom told me that when not, because I have older sister, my mom told me when my older sister went back to school, she would find me Ninja Turtle lessons. Because I, I said, Mom, I want my Ninja Turtle lessons. So I watched my sister walk home off the bus. I turned to my mom and said, Mom, where's my Ninja Turtle lessons? She went, crap. He remembered. <laughs> so uh, actually, my first uh, martial arts studio that I trained at was a, a traditional uh, cooking one uh, Taekwondo school. Ah. Um, yeah, so that's that's where it first started. They didn't have a Tiny Tiger program, so my mom had to... Uh, convinced the the korean lady there to let me try classes 
she put the fear of God into me and said, if I don't listen to her, ninjas were going to pop out of the ceiling, beat me up and kick her out of the, the studio. And she walked out as the class was about to start. Um, and which is strange because I think I understood the instructor better than my mom did. She spoke very broken English. Mm. And I don't know. I don't know if it's like the uh, sailor recognizes the sailor across the room type of thing, where it's if we're just on the same wavelength, but we understood each other really well. So that was kind of the beginning of me. Uh, learning martial arts and unfortunately i'm not sure in hindsight for what reason now but she had to go back to korea uh whether it was in kukiwon you have to test for your fourth degree in korea and this and that Mm -hmm. so i'm not exactly sure why she had to go back but she had to go back a different master took over uh and then i know this now but he apparently like tripled the price of the program and this and it wasn't much better if anything it was kind of worse because he didn't really teach as much so my mom was like oh let's go let's go somewhere else so I started competing in gymnastics for a little bit for about a year. And about the same time I went to gymnastics, uh, I found Master Burns and little old, well, I think it was technically Ostromo. But he was, I'm, I'm from, I say I'm from Kalamazoo, so I'll say Kal- Kalamazoo. But I think his school is technically in Ostromo, uh, Michigan. So yes. found him. Uh, we came in on a Sunday, which is odd. I, to this day, I almost never see schools open on Sundays. It's not, I mean, I know I do private lessons on Sundays, but Master Burns is just in there by himself. Uh, my dad and I came in and checked it out. Uh, he asked what I could already do since I've already done some martial arts before. And the first thing he showed me was the 540 kick. And I was like, wow, I can't do that. This is the spot that nice. I, I want to sit here. <laughs> so uh, that one 540 kick showed everything for me. Yes, sir. So I started training with him. And then uh, I can't remember the exact year that XMA became a um, exhibition tournament. Mm-hmm. But yes, sir. Master Master Burns being really close with uh, Master Mike Chat, uh, he matter of fact had Mike Chat, and at the time on his performance team, it was Sandra Kissel came to Kalamazoo, and we did kind of like this school tour where we all got to do some XMA forms for some kids, kind of like you have like a big assembly for, for different schools. And I got to be part of it since I was already training in some of the stuff and she would perform, I would perform, Mike chat would talk a whole bunch. Oh, she's really, he's really good at that. I, I, I say he talks a whole bunch, but he, he's a great, uh, he's a great speaker. He's a good so he kind of like, yes, sir. yeah, he kind of tied it all in. And, uh, Master Burns just kind of looked pretty over there. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was just helping direct us around everything. Yes. So we did that. Long story short, comes to the tournament circuit where this is the first time I'm able to compete and really just, you know, not walk through people, but my I, I was much more prepared for this division than most other people. It was your so thing. when the tournaments came, yeah, it was definitely my thing and it was brand new to a lot of people. And I've already been doing, I had, I had leg up on everyone. I'd already been doing it for a good while, at least a year or two, especially since I just, uh, did some gymnastic yes, experience sir. competing with some uh, acrobatics and stuff. So I already knew the basics of, you know, flipping and being able to mix all of it in made for a, a pretty big, uh, combination, a pretty explosive type of performance. So, Competition season goes all along. I think uh, first year, I think I was like 14 or so, and I'm winning, winning, winning. Get to go to the top 10 because at that time it was called top 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think I went fourth or fifth, and I had got a perfect score. I was competing against, uh, at the time, they were on the world demo team, Kyle Paulhemus, which I don't think is still in the ATA. Or maybe he came back. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. 
Yeah, and then uh, it was Brandon Johnson at the time. Oh, yeah. So we had a three-way tie for first place, and me and uh, I remember that was the first time me and Brandon really became friends. And of course, we all did it again. Judges went to score, and Kyle got first, I got second, and Brandon got third. So I was real excited to be there and then just crush when mm-hmm. I got second. And uh, my mom and my dad, they always had this saying for me. They said, when life gets tough, you have to be tougher. And I hated hearing that saying growing <laughs> up. But it's it's so it's so true because I remember I turned to my mom and my dad and I was crying. I was upset. And my mom was like, I don't know what you're crying about. You got second in the world. I'm like, that's pretty good. I was like, yeah, I guess that's pretty good, mom. She's like, if it, if you want to get first, all you have to do is just try again. And she would say that that dumb motto that I hated at the time, <laughs> but it's so true. Like, his life doesn't get any easier. It's never going to be fair. When life gets tough, you just have to get tougher. And it's as simple as it is. There's no if and or buts about it. So, went back to the next season. Same thing. I was crushing it during the the regional during the um the like point chasing uh, kind of setup. And then at World Championships, I was like, all right, this is the year. You know, threw down a phenomenal form, felt great about it. Same thing happened. Three-way tie for first place. A little bit different people. Kyle Paul Hemis wasn't there. He wasn't competing that season. So it was me, Brandon Johnson, and Jeremy Eldrin, uh, who was also like the star of the World Demo Team that year. Mm. Uh, Brandon and I have a running joke. Now that we've, we've both been in like the spotlight, we're like, oh, now we've got our turn. <laughs> but we said we'd always lose to the, the World Demo Team star. Yes, yeah. We got started to get upset with World Demo Team. So then we both tried out, and we both didn't make it. So <laughs> so it's a long story there. But needless to say, first year got second. Second year got second. Third year got second. Fourth year got second. My fifth year, I'm like, all right, this is it. I'm going to win. And then I actually took a step backwards. Fifth year got second again. My sixth year, I got third. Oh. So finally, uh, 2012 rolls around. And it's right before the 2012 to 2013 uh, tournament season. And we have this first big uh, publicized ESPN tournament. And my two competitors, one is my training partner. I train with all the time in Atlanta when he was here, which is uh, Master CL Sawazi. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was always my rival growing up where I just could not seem to, to beat this guy when it mattered. And that was uh, Master Evan Turner. And they put all three of us against each other. They had both won multiple titles uh, in multiple different divisions. They're great martial artists, great guys, too. Uh, but there was little old me with, uh, I wasn't sure, because you had to be picked for this tournament. And I wasn't sure how I got there. But I was like, all right, this is the year. I'm going to show them. And they had the big ESPN tournament that had showed up. Uh, we got this big rehearsal, watching everyone. Everyone looked great. And uh, Lo and behold, that was not for a world title, but that was the first time that you know I unanimously got picked because at that time they didn't score because it was just three yeah, competitors at point three. that we got one. So <clears throat> I won that one, and that was my first big moment that kind of I kind of needed in my head at the time to say you can still do this. You and can that still was win. like the seventh kind of big, sixth, seventh big try. You know, right? That's right. That's crazy. Yeah, and it led into that year at World Championships. Uh, I was ranked number one, Master Sawazi was ranked number three, and the Master Turner was ranked number two. Ugh. So I was like, perfect. They get to see me last. I, I, as long as I crush my form and I put as much difficulty as I could in it, I did as many as my high level, you know, kicks, flips, and tricks. And of course, you know, the three of us would throw down. And instead of a three way tie this time, it's just a two way tie. And I was like, great, I can do this again. 
and uh, we ran it back and all three judges pointed at me instead of Master Turner. And Master Turner and I have a joke now that I've retired him from XMA. That's not true. <laughs> uh, I think he was just putting focus in other ways. And that was the first big moment. I remember when they pointed to me and raised my hand. It was such an amazing moment for me. Not because obviously everyone wants to win, but it was because I never gave up. And it was such a long journey to get there. It meant the, it meant the world to me. It's probably still, to this day, one of the best experiences. Not just that winning, but the whole seven-year journey of trying so hard to get something that you want so badly, but you have to work for it. And uh, when things get tough, you just have to get tougher. And uh, that, that taught me a lot of mental toughness uh, to see, get there. And I love that. I mean, that's the kind of thing people need to hear. You know, when they see what, what they say in, in, in business, uh, you know, every overnight success you see has, you know, 20 years of, uh, of, uh, struggle before the overnight success um you know when people see you know somebody like you who now you know people know they're like you know it's it's max van eck he's amazing you know look at him do these things um you know they don't they don't see the stories behind and it's not only you know i i to me it seems like it would be even tougher when you're you know you're coming in second you know or third all these times you know it's one thing if i'm coming in eight, ninth, you know, you're like, Hey, okay, I got to keep working. I got to keep trying. Right. You come in like second, like I was so close <laughs> over and yeah, over and it, over that, again. Yeah. And it was always either we tied and mm. I had always, I never got swept. I always had one judge that voted for me, but the other two voted for the other person, you know, and the, it's when you get like third or, you know, third and below, you're like, Hey, I'm here. I'm mm. here. I can, I can hang with these guys. And you're kind of like, at least this is my experience of like, I'm proud because I've now since been trying to win other titles and other extreme stuff. And I've come close uh, for traditional forms three times now, which believe it, believe it or not, was three ties, three, three way ties oh for my. first place, including this last year where just ended up second. I was like, all right, I just got to keep working on it. Um, and then this last year was well, the second year that I actually qualified for sparring. And I really wanted to to kind of show everyone that I can I can also spar, not just do all the the fun flashy kicks and stuff. But I, I will say the the thirty to thirty nine division for fourth and fifth has some killers in there. So it was uh, uh I think my my favorite competitor is from one hundred two uh, East, which was uh Mr. Eli Elijah Kafer. Yeah, so it was it was great to kick it with him again because he was down here for a little while uh-huh. too. So that was cool. Yeah, that's another shout out. Shout out to Eli. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, so speaking of, of, uh, kind of trying or, or going in other divisions now, what are your thoughts on, um, you know, I was just recently talking to my competition team and saying, you know, it is tough to be, uh, you know, placed and training hardcore for, you know, title in multiple events that are so much different, you know, extreme forms, sparring and traditional forms. These are all very different events. Not that you can't do multiple titles, but, um, it seems to me that, uh, you know, you kind of got to hone in on one, um, kind of thing or, or, or one training model, um, kind of master that before really going, Hey, I'm going to do all of these. Absolutely. I think the, the hardest two to do at the same time, uh, it's purely based on the, the highest percentage of injuries is sparring and extreme forms or weapons. Mm-hmm. Cause you, you like, I do a lot of sparring, you know, now that I'm out of, uh, 
like serious competition mode with a lot of things since we just had worlds um the last couple of years i started to delve into like other martial arts a lot doing brazilian jiu-jitsu and uh, muay thai kickboxing and i really really enjoy that level of uh going a little bit more physical past the point sparring into even from my roots of you know olympic style taekwondo of mm. continuous sparring um i really enjoyed those platforms for competition a lot better because they're a lot more evened out uh opposed to you know i'm a i'm uh, no lying about it or anything. I'm a short dude. So <laughs> when everyone I step in the ring, everyone's on, uh, you know, I got, you know, I still got Anthony Rodriguez from, from uh, over yep. there of you guys. And yep. he's, you know, towering over me at six, five, six. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. I might be exaggerating, but I know he's six foot something. I'm like, man, well, it's a good thing I can jump. Cause there's no way I'm going to reach you. So <laughs> those are, those are some difficult things to, to handle with. And then going back into competing with, you know, all the different, training of flipping and constantly putting so much pressure on your mm -hmm. joints as far as the, you know, the spin kicks and flips and the hard landings, those two things are really hard to, to pull off. Yes, sir. Um, or even with like combat sparring, trying to, you know, combat sparring has so much footwork and explosive movements where it's, you know, it's so easy to, to sprain your ankle, your, your calf. Um, I wish I was talking about just my personal injuries, but <laughs> there's, there's so many uh, that, that I've seen. So it's definitely really hard. But yes, the thing I would say is you just have to be a extremely high level athlete and just be just be outworking everyone. If you can put in, if you have, I don't. It's crazy to now that we have eight different divisions, but if you can put in work in, you know. They can flip flop and flip flop back and forth between your you know your extremes and then back to traditionals you know two or three times a week you will be good to go yes, and they really do complement each other a lot too if you know how to take the extreme spin kicks and everything and then set them up in sparring it i mean look at alex law alex oh, law is yeah. a monster and he he lights people up with you know the crazy like autobahn yep. 720s and all then the time. combat you know then he's a he's a monster in combat too he is. I think that's his favorite division too. Yeah. So it's it's certainly doable. Like I, I like what you said. You got to be all around. You got to be working on your athleticism. You know all those different areas. You know we've talked to to Mrs. Kaminsky Absolutely. on the podcast quite a few times, and you know really looking at those sports specific, making sure that you're an overall uh, uh, awesome high level athlete. Well, uh, last but not least for us uh, today is uh, kind of what are your what are your goals these days? What are you working towards yourself? Um, what's what's the future got for uh, Mister Van Eck? Uh, I still I still have the the dream of the the uh, the hat trick of winning all three mm. forms. I was really close this year. I got extreme forms and creative forms, and then second and traditional oh. forms. So hopefully, I can I can uh, you know battle that out again this next year yes, and do sir. that. But uh, I, I, I've slowly come to the realization that I just don't enjoy competition as much as I once did. And it's, it's, you know, like in martial arts in general, especially doing it as a career, it's always fun. It's always something you love, but there's times where you know, like, mm, I don't enjoy this the same as I do. And you kind of feel like you're getting burnt out or whatnot. And after a good, uh, I've been competing since I was eight. So after mm. a good 22 years <laughs> of uh, competition, I think I, I kind of want to take a back seat for a little bit. Maybe not this year. Maybe I'm just not going to do the, the major tournament or mm. uh, the, the, yeah, maybe not be doing all the major tournaments this year, but I think I want to take a little bit more time and focus on my, my studio and my students and my school um build up and, uh, some more world champs for yourself you know like uh yeah it's all about uh you know training them then 
Yeah, it, it's it, that's it, that's become a lot more meaningful for me is mm-hmm. of seeing it, seeing the the journey be full circle and remembering the different things that you know, Master Burns and I had a lot of different mentors that really helped me get to where I am, you know, now. I mean, Master Sawazi helped me tremendously. Master Turner pushed me to to be even better and better each tournament. So it's trying to find for me those things and those insights that helped me get here, but still trying to almost kind of reinvent those things. Cause it's kind of a generational gap of, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's hard. And I will say I had not martial arts related, but competition related. My cousin started uh, playing pro, uh, professional pool uh, for like eight ball and nine ball. And he was at a championship league match. And at the very last shot, he scratched on the eight and he was beating himself up and everything. I asked him, I was like, I know I've competed a whole bunch. Is this, your biggest competition you've ever done. He goes, yeah, I just can't believe I did that. I was like, look, man, it happens. Like you just got to go through the motions. As Michael Jordan was trusted more times than any other player in the league at the time to make that winning shot. And there are sometimes he made it. Sometimes he didn't make it when he didn't make it it made him that much better. Cause he went back and said, I'm not going to let that situation come up again and not be prepared. So it's just one of those things of how do you respond? How, you know, winning is winning is tough. You win all the time. It's hard to grow. It's tough. Mm, that's for when sure. You, losing is tough. No one likes losing, but you got to choose your toughness. You got to choose which one you really want. You know, it's based on the actions you make, the the things you, I'm sorry, the decisions you make and the actions you take. Yes, sir. Well, that is great advice. Um, you know, that, that all of us out here in ATA nation can, uh, you know, work on, you know, how we take, uh, you know, those wins, those losses, the actions that we take afterwards. Uh, Mr. Van Eck, uh, I appreciate your time today. Uh, really thanks for sharing that story. Again, it's one that I, I think is so important for people to hear. Um, and, uh, you know, enjoy the rest of your, uh, wonderful afternoon. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I mean, great stuff. Really good advice there. Um, you know, we just when when life gets tough, you got to get tougher. Uh what what great um, you know, just a, something that we need to focus on, especially when so often we get tied in with uh, you know, or tied up with focusing on titles or goals or or whatnot and and we're not always going to succeed uh our first try or our second or third or fourth or whatever the case might be. I appreciate you tuning in to another great episode. Uh, Don't forget, we've got this special project coming. I'm going to have more information, and you might have already seen some of it if you've headed over to atama.ninja slash uncut. Um, There you can pick up a a membership card, um, use the password ATA to uh, get one, and maybe you will be one of the first to see what comes from our special project with some awesome... ATA teams. If your team wants to be part of it, send me a DM on Instagram, uh, ATA Nation podcast over there on Instagram. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, get out there and take action. Thanks for listening to another episode of the ATA Nation podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share with your ATA family. Hey, weird question. So if you've been over to the uh, Secret Uncut website, um, you might have noticed uh, it's a it's a it's like an NFT thing. If you've heard of NFTs, send me a message. Let me, let me, just let me know. Okay, later. This is the story of The One. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.